Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello there and welcome to So I Got to Thinking, the weekly podcast where we take the iconic questions of Sex and the Cities, Carrie Bradshaw, and apply them to modern life and love. You are joined by Princess Dandyridge Brandywine, Juno Dawson, and Elizabeth Taylor, Dylan B. Jones. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Juno. How's it going? Yeah, good. This episode is uh, iconic. There's so much memorable stuff. I know. I actually, and I convinced Max to watch this one, and it it held his attention as well, so... Do you know what? It's a really, it's it's a good one for, like, a newbie to watch, because it's, like, it's actually good. Like, some episodes of Sex and the City, you're like, oh, that was kind of a bit... Filler. Yeah, like, I'd be embarrassed for, like... (laughs) For, like Chris to see some like some of them but this is a really strong like interesting dramatic funny episode isn't it pretty much every scene in this one is memorable in some way um, yeah written by Michael Patrick King yeah. um I think at the top of his powers I think we, we've criticized him but he really really understands the characters by this point and as well you can I think you can sense that particularly Sarah Jessica Parker was really here for this one. Yeah. And if she had any qualms about Carrie having an affair with a married man, then this episode kind of vindicates her. So Dylan, do you want to give us your potted synopsis? Carrie and Mr. Biggs affair reaches its crescendo, I Mm. guess. Uh, Miranda um, is... uh, (laughs) Miranda and the sandwich. She is sexually intrigued by a sandwich. By a sandwich. Um, Samantha uh, finally has an HIV test. Thank God, yeah. And Charlotte is annoying. (laughs) So let's start from the beginning. So this is kind of the third part of a trilogy, I guess, which we could call The Affair, um, in that the last three weeks have seen Carrie and Big have an extramarital slash extra Aiden affair. And this kind of dominates. Um, And I think actually every scene plays out really believably. Um, I, even that, you know, that first montage where they from going, where they go from having their affair in beautiful five-star hotels with strawberries and champagne to ending up in some god-awful flea bag. I loved that. Like, all of it was kind of really 
I mean, this I'm sure this was the desired effect, but all of it was kind of really sort of sleazy and but also quite sexy. And it, it was interesting how they had like Carrie in the coat and the sunglasses. And it's like a thing like she likes sort of dressing up for him, doesn't she? Because mm. there's the other thing in a couple of seasons time where she's the candy striper mm-hmm. and she like turns up. And then the other one with the BDSM episode where she's got like the top hat and then she's like the French girl. Like she's, yeah, she likes putting on little outfits for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she... she- she is insane, let's not forget. Although that said, it's just, it's so alien to me that you would go to those lengths. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, is that a thing? Again, we need listeners. Um, because, I mean, Dylan and I, I guess we could have found a guest who was willing to come on our podcast and talk about their extramarital affair. But I think the odds of doing that were fairly slim to none. I've never had that kind of crazy thing where, I mean, God, hotels are expensive. (laughs) Yeah, and we touched on this in the last episode, didn't we? Mm. It's just weird. And I had it again in this one when Carrie was like, how did we get here? What are we doing? And then Big just sort of like starts kissing her and they don't talk about it. And it's like, how are you just still, how are you just like doing this without discussing like why aren't you saying to each other like what why aren't you having a conversation about what you're doing like it's just bizarre like I don't understand it at all no Um, I mean they they try to there is this ongoing thread of will you leave will you leave Natasha will you leave Aiden that kind of runs and I guess I wonder if and it's never said because it's quite a subtly written script which is that neither of them want to leave their partners actually and what's yeah. what's exciting about this is that it's illicit yeah um, i love it when i love it when big is like talking about aiden and it's so like um it's such a put down he's like oh this is about that man isn't it mm. like he doesn't even say his name he's like oh that man that you're seeing like it makes and making it sound silly it's i, I like the scene quite early on where carrie and it's interesting like we we praised the scene last week where carrie um, tells Samantha, mm, yeah. but we can kind of we can kind of see her working her way through her friends, yeah, anticipating the level of judgment she'll get from each friend. Yeah. With Samantha is your entry level, no judgment. Miranda, tough love, and then later in the episode, Charlotte is just hysteria. Um, but the first, the first, so let's take those in turn. So first of all. Miranda and she confesses to Miranda over cocktails. I love Miranda with the cigarette because that's what yeah. I that is what I look like when I try to smirk. Like, <laughs> like just you can't see what I'm doing, but I look like a mannequin smirking a cigarette. Um, like Sophie Ellis Bexter video. I I I I. And and so I did. I loved that. And and Carrie's like, do you think he only wants me because he can't have me? And Miranda's like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, like it, it needs no more psychoanalysis. The reason this is working is because it's sexy and taboo and illicit. And, and Miranda, ten ten friend points to Miranda for all of this, but particularly for when she says to Carrie, when Carrie's like sort of pontificating, like and fussing, like, oh, what does he want? Miranda just says very firmly, forget about him. What do you want? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That is the, the best thing to possibly say in that situation. Um, Carrie, like, started to annoy me quite a lot in this episode because I was thinking, like, how would I react if I were Carrie's friend? And she keeps 
one of the most infuriating things, it's fair enough if someone has a problem, but one of the most infuriating things is for someone to keep complaining about this problem to you and then do nothing about mm. it. Like, it, but then she, by the end of the episode, she she has resolved it. Well, it's it's so. proper junky behaviour. And I think yeah. that there is, there is an alternative plot line where they could have talked about addiction and, and yeah. compared Carrie and Big to addiction because yeah. Carrie's continual, I'm stopping, I'm stopping. She yeah. tells Miranda she's stopping and then she doesn't stop. And then in a, I love the scene where Charlotte walks into Carrie on the street <gasps> outside, yeah. their, outside their dirty hotel. Oh, um, so good. Poor Charlotte, who is, you know, she's high on bridal life and then she sees her best friend having an affair with a married man that's got to shit on your wedding bonfire hasn't it i love carrie's look in that scene i love when they put her in aviator shades Mm -hmm. she always looks great in aviators and um yeah and oh my god like that was so good and when um when uh, Natasha comes back oh well i mean let's talk about that scene because i mean that's really the ultimate which is they have, and I love that scene with Charlotte and Carrie, where Charlotte really doesn't let Carrie off the hook. Yeah. She's like, you need to think about this woman. You've not thought, what well, you don't care about Natasha. You only care about getting caught. And, and it's true, you know, since season two, Carrie has been very down on Natasha throughout. She's an idiot, stick for with no soul. She can't spell. Um, she's simple. Um, and... Charlotte is right. You know, Carrie hasn't once thought about Natasha in all this. And I love that she really crucifies Carrie because she kind of deserves it. Um, (laughs) And and then immediately after that scene, we see Carrie in bigger Natasha's bed. So it's just, and it just, it keeps getting worse, you know, and even Carrie says, you know, I reached a new low kind of in, and, but I also love it. Like, mm. it's like we it's like we said, it's like we've been saying throughout this, like uh, the main character acting not only questionably, but it actually being despicable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like pretty amazing. Um, I can't, I actually can't remember if Aiden finds out. <laughs> um, spoiler alert, that's next week's episode, Dylan. Yeah, he does yeah. find out. Because I was thinking, because I knew that obviously they broke up and yeah. she said that he was, but I, I never, I couldn't remember whether she actually found out about the affair. I was thinking a way that it might have been more impressive and perhaps more realistic would be if he just never found out. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it next week, because that is the whole question of next yeah. week's question. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. But yeah. the, the scene with Natasha is awful. And again, she did fully deserves it. Poppy, poor Natasha. She's there on the jitney. So she's been on a couch for several hours, but then quite dark as well. And unfortunately, this line never will be explored. But when Natasha says, I knew you were having an affair, but I yeah. didn't realise you were doing it in my apartment. That's quite dark because for, yeah. a, twi- for a 25-year-old woman to turn a blind eye to her husband's infidelity suggests mm. a level of cognizance that we maybe haven't gifted Natasha with, which is that she knows what's going on. You know, was she making plans of her own? Was she seeing other people? Had she been quite calculating in deciding, 
I'm a young woman married to a very wealthy man. If I get divorced, I'm going to make an absolute bomb on this divorce. But, you know, do I have to be married to him for a year before, you know? So maybe she was very scheming in it. And I think that line is never explored because it's not Natasha's show. And Natasha will only appear once more now. Um, But I thought that was a really interesting line that she has already figured out because I do think maybe it's because on some level women have been slightly trained to be wary of men that, Mm. you know, we know from pop culture that, you know, the adulterous man is rife. I think, I think, So according to a 2017 American study, um, this was in Time magazine, they found that in general, men are more likely than women to cheat. 20% of men and 13% of women reported that had sex with someone other than their spouse while married. And the, the biggest gap there, you're more likely to cheat, actually, in your... 40s upward. Actually, younger people are less likely to cheat. That makes sense. I guess so, if you've been together a long time, but certainly as well, younger... So here's an interesting statistic. Younger women are more likely to cheat. Mm. So women in their early 20s are more likely to cheat than men, but in the mid-20s, it massively diverges. And then from about mid-20s onwards, men are always more likely to cheat than women, according to that study. So maybe, And I think maybe women know this, and I think women are very smart, and I think women, we are, I think, quite good at keeping tabs on our partners, not necessarily in a coercive or controlling way, which I don't think is anything that should be encouraged. But I certainly think... You know, we we know, and I've always known, one of my boyfriends going back pre-transition was definitely cheating on me. And I knew because he vanished for hours on end that he could not explain. And he, I would say, like, so where were you today? Like, periods where he wouldn't answer his phone or respond to text messages. Mm. And he'd be like, oh, I went on a walk. No, you fucking didn't. And as yeah. it turns out, later, later on, a sort of a, sort of a half friend, sort of like one of those kind of friends I knew from nights out, like a scene friend, was like, oh, yeah, I once saw him coming out of a sauna. And I was like, did you not think to tell me then? Um, like, we're, we're three and a half years on and I haven't been with him for three years. You know, kind of, um, why would you tell me now? Kind of, and so, um, but but I knew it, it wasn't yeah. news. You know, my, my surprise was like zero surprise. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that Natasha is aware, um, is aware of big... I mean, maybe she is going through his palm pilot. I love that. (laughs) Carrie references Miranda's palm pilot. I don't even really know what a palm pilot is. It was like an early Blackberry. Okay. Did it have like a little stick with it that you like... like... Totally, yeah. Right, one of those. Mm. (laughs) Um, Although Samantha does say she's going to fax Charlotte a list of wedding stylists. Maxwell's like, a fax? I was like, yeah. (laughs) It was before email, if you can believe it. Oh, we well, we've got Carrie's email to look. Carrie's yes. instruction to email to look forward to. <laughs> um, but um, 
Yeah, I think that that to me, the scene in the apartment with with Natasha and Carrie is the scene oh, for me of this so season, good. maybe. When she's like, I see you. Oh. And she's like, Carrie's like fiddling. Oh my God, it's so good. In and her bra. I, and then I think like, I've seen this device used in movies quite a lot and in TV shows before as well, where they kind of express the extremeness of emotions through one of the characters, like, experiencing sudden physical pain. So I think her breaking her... Because breaking your tooth is just so, like, oh, it makes you just cringe. And I think, like, that was put in there, like consciously to make you go fuck like she's really been hurt here um, and it proves it proves charlotte's point as well which is you know and carrie even says in her voice of i always assumed i would be the one to get hurt well of course you did carrie because yes. you're fucking self-obsessed you are a nightmare narcissist oh my god as well when when um aiden's kissing her and she's like stop making that kissing sound it's annoying like oh. <laughs> i have done that Oh, have you? I've done it with Max. He was making a noise that I can only describe as being a bit like Faramon from RuPaul's Drag. It's like, mm. and so I was like, you need to stop with that noise. Do you know what? S- do you know what SJP does really well in this episode with both Big and Aiden? We all—I don't know if all of us do, but I—I I know that you and I do, and a couple of my friends have said this before in the past. Where you sometimes get a bit claustrophobic, even if you really love your partner, you mm-hmm. get a bit claustrophobic, and you just have these moments where you're just like, get off, get out, just. Get, get, Get off. I can't. Get off. And she does that twice, and she does it really well. Mm. Um, Do you know what she needs? She needs a fan by her bed. I I am also prone (laughs) to overheating during the throes of passion, which is why I just reach over and bob the fan on. And then it's also, it's like a wind machine, so you just immediately look more beautiful as well. (laughs) I think that's a good place to take a little break. Yeah. And while you're listening to the commercials, you can think of me getting it on with wind blowing through my hair. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, 
you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. This week, we have been watching the season three episode, Running With Scissors. Um, yes. I mean... In in the words of Carrie, we're so over, we need a new word for over. Yeah, that shot of her in front of the sliding door as well. Iconic sliding doors, doors, it's back again. But (laughs) the whole thing has been about her finding a way out and the door opening and closing for her. I mean, the symbolism couldn't be more in your face, could it? But the line is one of those lines that has been burned in my memory now for 20 years, which is it's such an amazing put down. You know, it's not particularly big or clever, but just like we're so over. And that that is it now for, for a good long time. And this yeah. time she means it. And I thought, you know, I felt she meant it when she threw a filet of fish at him. But but no. It is always just that they always bring the drama, don't they? Carrie and Big. Um a weird, a weird like aside from that scene, when Carrie's like when Big's like, Oh, is Natasha okay? And Carrie's like, Yeah, her parents are on their way. It's like that's a bit over the top. Like, I don't know, is it? I don't, I don't know because need to come. <laughs> she I mean, presumably Natasha is furious. Yeah. And potentially doesn't want to see Big. Um, oh, I see. yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. Perhaps he's the last person she wants to see, and and obviously, unfortunately, we will never see the beautiful horror of Natasha confronting Big. And again, yeah. all that stuff. She knew. How long is she known for? How does she know? You know, yeah. we, we miss out. And obviously, I think it's in a couple of weeks we find out that. Natasha and Big are done, um, that they've obviously decided. And again, the humiliation, you know, kind of... Natasha is... I would love to have known that. You know, we do see her one other time and she's very cross about her tooth being a different colour to this tooth, um, which is the line that sticks with me. But again, that's quite... There's something quite body horror about that, that that Natasha will forever have mismatched teeth. Yeah. Because and Carrie... Always, yeah, because her husband fucked Carrie. Yeah. yeah. And she turns up at that restaurant with mm. her, like, surly friends, doesn't she? Mm. <laughs> um, Miranda. Oh, Mar- <laughs> Miranda and the sandwich. I mean... Eat me. <laughs> eat me. Wait, the it's eat me. But um, what I love, and I don't know if you noticed in this episode, is Miranda's styling throughout yes. this episode wrote, is amazing. Isn't that interesting? I wrote that down. That bit, particularly in when she's in like the navy blue with the red scarf. Mm, I, I pointed it. that out to Max. I said, that's an amazing outfit. But throughout, she's kind of wearing a lot of sort of vintage 70s yeah. looks. And it's interesting, I think... Like I, I read the excerpt from the book last week, which is I think as they all recognise the style impact the show was having, mm. the days of Miranda wearing three hats, <laughs> you know, a gone, a bucket hat, a bucket a bucket hat with hat. a hood, yeah, Can, <laughs> um, it's done. Um, so it's it's really interesting to see her style evolve and every outfit she wears in that episode. There's the first time she meets the sandwich, she's in the most amazing high-waisted pencil skirt as well. Mm, yeah. the, the idea that Miranda would have been wearing that in season one when her clothes were so masculine. Yeah. Um, very, very unlikely, but she looks fierce. 
I love, I love that she's brave enough to ring Carrie and tell her that she's been fantasizing about a man inside a sandwich. And I love it when she marches into the shop as well. <laughs> I was the just going like, say, it's so good. <laughs> the guy's like, it's a sandwich. <laughs> Lady, it's, it's a, a sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if somebody spoke to me like that in a sandwich shop, I would be fuming. But um, <laughs> I would do a cease and desist. She's a liar. She can do a cease and desist, but she doesn't. I would have been here for like a whole storyline of like... <laughs> of it like progressing to like ridiculous heights like Miranda that like then gets in like like sues the sandwich shop <laughs> like it was ridiculous oh. um yeah I mean yeah kind of a yeah almost a sort of Samantha storyline for Miranda it's just a light relief storyline isn't it it is because we need I mean this one the, the big and Carrie storyline is so big that yeah. the other three don't have a lot of, to do. Yeah, although they're kind I of will, circling around it. Yeah, although I will say the Samantha stuff, I think, is really good. I mean... Yeah. It, it was clumsily executed. Yeah. I mean, the scene, the scene, the conversation where the the woman of colour, the black woman, amazing, yes. a speaking black woman in a position of authority, um, <laughs> runs runs Samantha through her sexual health check and it is played for last with yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But it's good. It's good because, I mean, obviously we've sat and had that conversation before, mm. but for a lot of viewers, it might have been the first time they heard. And it, well, it was, I, I suppose it was demystifying, wasn't it? It was like, this is what happens when you go for an HIV. Really test. important. And I think as important as seeing Samantha's test is Carrie and Miranda being so nonchalant about the fact they yeah. had had tests. I think it still, it blows my fucking mind that straight cisgender people are not being tested unless they have symptoms. I would say to, you know, to the straight cisgender women who are listening to this, which is, you know, chlamydia, um, gonorrhea, you know, can be symptomless. So it's really, really important to, if you are sexually active, to get checked out maybe once every six months. I will say this, I will say this, I've been lax, I think my last one was about a year ago, but we've been in a fucking pandemic and also... Max and I are not open or polyamorous, so we're not sleeping with other people. So it just slightly, slightly feels like I'm wasting (laughs) NHS resources. But when I was single, and I said this a gazillion times, if I was single, A, I would be on prep now, and B, you know, I was... It became, to me, like a very personal... I don't want to say battle sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But it became like, I took it quite personally, which is, you know, I had made it, um, you know, I started to just calm down, my whole life calmed down when I started my transition when I was 31. But, you know, so I I had gone 31 years of being HIV negative and I wanted to stay that way. Like I knew and I had seen HIV evolve, you know, from being a kid in the 80s. So I remember that, apocalyptic commercial Mm. they put on television you know it was voiced you can still see it on youtube you know it was voiced by john hurt and there was this big gravestone that said aids on it and the gravestone toppled forward and squashed a load of people and you know that was on tv you know and it was on all channels it was like there is a disease that kills men and women it was like oh my god and very very quickly you know I learned sort of subconsciously that this was a disease that affected gay men. It was like the gay men cancer, you know, that's how it started Mm. out. And so given, 
you know, at the time, strangely, you know, as a kid, people were calling me gay, which is kind of how I ended up identifying as gay. Because so many people kept mm. telling me, you know, you're gay, you're gay, you're gay, even though I wasn't convinced, to be honest. But, um, you know, I just sort of figured, well, oh, my God, you know, gay people get this disease. You know, this is this is my destiny, child. Um, but then it evolved. And, you know, then... The, the message changed and it was, if you wear a condom, you won't get this. And so you must always wear a condom. Yeah. And then the message evolved and, and it became, you know, if you are tested regularly and if you get yourself on medication, then you will be undetectable. And if yeah. you are undetectable, it's untransmittable. And it's been amazing to see, you know, in the last 20 years of my life to see something change and, you know, you know, coronavirus was not my first pandemic. You know, I've lived through one before, kind of. But, you know, I saw my friends receive HIV diagnoses and yeah. the initial shock and horror, the panic. How am I going to tell my parents? Oh, my God, I'm going to die. You know, and and it has, thankfully, we've moved on from that. And I don't know if, ever, I think there's still some catching up to do. I still think particularly straight cisgender people are very afeard of HIV and AIDS. I think mm. they perhaps haven't got the memo about PrEP and perhaps haven't got the memo about the fact if your HIV positive partner is on their medication, you can't catch HIV from them. So, yeah. you know, and these are the messages that had not yet reached Sam because of course this was the year 2000. Yeah. I think that something I was, something I was thinking is that, that panic that she has. Mm. I think that, particularly like most gay men have experienced that at one point or another sitting in the clinic mm. panicking um and yeah gay men and trans women um in particular I expect um so it was interesting to see that and it made me think like it makes sense it was written by Michael Patrick King I'm yes. sure it was from experience um I mean yeah, it's, it's I, I think we've we've said previously it is insane that a woman in her 40s who had lived through the 80s in New York, when yeah. let's not forget, there was the 80s, there was global panic. Now, I was too young to experience that because I wasn't sexually active in the 80s because I was a tiny child. But, <sighs> thank God. But, um, you know, that for, for sexually active people, you know, it was quite terror. And then I think when when the straight world realised this was not gay cancer, that this yeah. was something that could affect everyone, there was real panic and real suspicion. And for somebody who we know enjoys sex as much as Samantha does, you know, Miranda and Carrie are quite right to say, how have you never had an HIV test? Yeah. Um, it, yeah. it, it's mad. It is mad. But then I think we've seen this as well. You know, we know, I know people, you know, very sexually active um, people who avoided HIV tests for the exact same reason that Samantha avoided HIV tests, which is they are terrified. Yeah. But, you know, speaking from 2020, the most important thing you can do if you are sexually active is to have regular tests because the sooner you get started on medication, the healthier you're going to be and the less chance that you can pass it on to anybody else. So yeah. get tested. It's the best thing you can do. And shall we shall we talk our listeners, Dylan, through an HIV test? Because it really mm -hmm. is nothing to be scared of. And I'm aware that the vast majority of our listeners are actually cisgender women who yeah. I think are largely straight. So an HIV test, it's a piece of piss. You go along and it's a finger prick test. Yeah. You get your results there and then. 
you go to the clinic, you go to any like NHS clinic, mm-hmm. just look it up online. At the moment, if you if restrictions don't allow you to go to a clinic, you can order a test, which is also really easy. Can, it's such a piece of piss. I mean, back in back, I remember when I was a child, when I was first using sexual health clinics or gum clinics, um, you used to have to wait two weeks for your results. That was torture. Yeah, fucking hell. Now, now um, it's a pinprick test. You take a drop of blood from your finger and... It's like a little bit like doing a pregnancy test. You find out within two minutes, you will find out your HIV status. Um, also, we've been we've mentioned PrEP a couple of times. Mm-hmm. PrEP is pre-exposure prophylaxis, mm-hmm. which is a pill that you take every day, which can prevent you from, which does prevent you from getting HIV. It's sort of compared to, I mean, it's an easy comparison to make is it's like the morning after pill, it's, mm. but it's completely different from that. But like, it's that sort of thing. Well, it's kind Prevent- of the, it's the it's the morning before pill. Um, yeah, it's preventative. And then PEP is like the morning after pill, which is if you've made a mistake, if you've had unprotected sex, you can go to any sexual health clinic or any A and E ward and ask yes. for PEP, which is post-exposure prophylaxis within seventy-two hours. And then you can have sex in a sling that collapses like Samantha. Yay! So, so yeah. <laughs> the nurse, the um, the doctor said um, when she was like talking about what condoms she used, she was like, "Do you use a uh, latex lambskin?" I was like, "Lambskin? What?" <laughs> I honestly, I might Google it because I similarly was. That sounds revolting. <laughs> lambskin condom. I'm guessing it's for people who are allergic to um to latex. Oh, they're not actually made. Ooh. <laughs> oh my god, this just got so much worse. <laughs> the word lambskin is misleading, so I was like, oh, phew. As these condoms aren't actually made from lambskin. Phew, right? Because that would be gross. Yeah. No, Dylan, they're made from lambsecum, which is the pouch located at the beginning of a lamb's large intestine. Gorgeous. Oh, so it's like haggis. You're using ha- sort of haggis. Oh, like a haggis condoms condom. made from the bladders and intestines of lambs and other animals have been around for thousands of years. But you can just get latex-free condoms. So I'm slightly... I'm quite shocked by that. Um, the horror. Charlotte saying, we're looking at wedding gowns. Could we please not talk about eggs? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but also, like, she's trash for saying that. <laughs> like, that's a trash thing to say. <laughs> I mean, although I will say this, you know, uh, we've just had to move our wedding again. And the bridezilla gene. Oh, God. <laughs> it is kind of, it's a real thing because there is so much fucking admin around and anybody listening to this who has had to plan a wedding or has been married will know that it is such a pain in the ass. and you know move moving a wedding twice <laughs> you know it's so much work it's so much work. like I do sympathize with Charlotte I do wish that one of my friends had just gifted me an Anthony Marantina the way that Samantha does. <laughs> Sadly, I'm not in a position of fabulous wealth to afford a pushy Italian mother that I've never had. Um, You're dragging. Dragging. You're Good dragging. Good beadwork, um, <laughs> And I do. I love Anthony Marantina, and I'm glad I'm glad he's in it. From So what was... The, it was, um, can sex ever be sex? Oh, my God, yeah. We haven't even talked about the question. So I guess this means what, what Carrie's getting at, because... You know, she's making Samantha's HIV crisis about herself. Yeah, of course. <laughs> is, you know, when you go to bed with someone, 
you know, do we leave ourselves so emotionally vulnerable that we are liable to get hurt? Not necessarily physically, but emotionally. Not not always. Sometimes it can complicate. Sometimes it does complicate things, obviously. But like, yes, it can sometimes be emotionally safe. Mm -hmm. If you've got like a nice, regular, casual thing that's just always fine and you know you're not going to hurt anyone's feelings. Um, Yeah. I think, I think... Carrie's coming at it from a very sort of old fashioned kind of yeah. view. And you know, we know Carrie, even Carrie has a fuck buddy. You know, we met him oh, yeah, last Dennis. season, Dennis from 30 Rock. So we yeah. know Saki, Saki Toomey. So, we, you know, so it's perhaps it's Carrie. I mean, as somebody who has had a magazine column, sometimes you just have to reach for something. And, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, it's a nice question. Um, yeah. And I think coming at it from from two points of view, which is, yes, there is such a thing as safe sex because between condoms, PrEP, HIV testing, yes, you can have safe sex. And in terms of emotional safety, I think so. I I think, you know, Carrie, if we stick with her, Carrie has made bad choices. You know, Mm -hmm. when, when she started a sexual relationship with Aiden, yes, Maybe this, I might change Carrie's question. I wonder if entering into a relationship, because actually I think you can have very casual sex Mm. and you can go out, you can put on your freakum heels and you can go down to Oceana and you can meet a man with a neck tattoo and you can have sex with him there and then and (laughs) it will be fine because you've used a condom and you're on the pill anyway. So it's fine. I really want to do that now. Of course. Well, we will soon. Come on, Oxford AstraZeneca. Um, I want a Smirnoff ice and I want a guy called Gaz with wet gelled hair. Mm-hmm. That's what exactly. I want. Exactly. <laughs> um, he's wearing a Fred Perry t-shirt and oh shoes God, yes. with jeans. Um, yes, with dark jeans. Oh. Pointed, black, pointed black shoes with dark jeans. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so, my God, sorry, I'm just gipping. But... Um, so, you know, you can do that. I think where you have to make yourself emotionally vulnerable is when you let somebody into your life, not necessarily yeah. your vagina. Um, so <laughs> There you go. So, so that's my conclusion. So while sex can be safe, entering into a relationship is, is yes, is indeed often fraught with heartache. But I think in mine, it's funny because I'm just writing about this in my new novel at the moment. Ooh. It's a gamble. It's a risk. But I think the risk of getting hurt doesn't outweigh the joy of being in love. Yeah. It's worth it. It's worth falling in love for the potential disaster that could happen. Yeah, totally. And that seems like a nice note to end on. Um, I think we've covered all our bases there. Um, Next week, it's the wedding. It's the wedding episode. We're going to be joined by photographer Greg Bailey, one of my absolute favourites. Oh, fab. From from All Right Darling magazine. Um, He will no doubt have stories about drag queens for us because he's photographed them all. All of them. All of them. All of them. Send us your questions for Greg and he will spill the tea. And Um, this episode, is it called um, Don't Ask, Don't Tell? It's Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Yes. Do we want to add our response to this? supposed reboot that's coming back because we I mean it look it's looking like it's gonna happen it looks like it's gone into pre-production so yeah. 
I mean, we, th- we thought we had six seasons in two films. We're going to be going forever. I did maybe, th- we can, maybe we can finish. Um, we can do our last episode live from the red carpet premiere mm. of episode one of the review. <laughs> um, every outfit on Sex and City has posited swapping out Kim Cattrall with Sharon Stone, given that through <laughs> the 80s, because Sharon Stone and Kim Cattrall swapped roles in both... Police Academy and the Star Trek franchise. Oh, God. Mm, so they were interchangeable actresses. So until next week, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at SIGTT Podcast. I think I said too many T's that time. You know what it is now. You know what it is. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.